Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us. He'll bind us up. After two days, will he revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. And then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain into the earth. We have a powerful promise that can only be realized in our era, in our day, in our age. It can only be realized by the church, and it can only be realized by individuals who are hungry for that promise that God has given us. And this morning, I'm wondering if there's anyone that would just kind of echo what the prophet spoke to us those many years ago about this day and this age and would say, God, would you come? Would you come in this moment? Would you come right here and right now? And, and God, it wasn't just corporate, but he would, he would heal us. He would touch us. He would, he would bind us up and he would revive us. That's a promise that we have. That's right there in print, if we're willing to receive it, if we're willing to walk into it, regardless of where we are, regardless of how broken we may feel, regardless of how hurt we may have, the hurts that we may have, the, the sickness that may be invading, whatever it is, he said, he has smitten, but he will bind us up. And after two days, he will revive us. There is a power resident in scripture for this day, this third day. And I'm wondering if you would lift your voice and lift your hand together with me. And would you invite the Spirit of the Lord to talk to us this morning? God, would you speak in this room? God, would you hide us behind the shadow of your cross? God, would you, you let your word become made known unto all of us, we pray this morning. I give you great honor. God, I, God, we make the distinction today that this isn't just another room and these aren't just other people. God, this isn't just another gathering, but Lord, this is your church. God, this is the us that you spoke of in that text that we just read, and we are praying today. We're praying today. God, we're praying today that a revival fire that's begun, its embers are under the surface, that it would begin to break forth in our midst. God, that it would break forth in our lives, that it would break forth in our families. God, that it would break forth in our communities, that it would just let that fire burn. If anybody's just hungry for that fire, would you lift both hands one more time and let's just kind of, let's just put a tail end on that prayer request, that prayer service, that prayer meeting before the preaching and, and let God talk to us today. Lord, speak by the power of your word. Anoint every ear to hear. Lord, let your anointing rest on me this morning. In Jesus' name, you may be seated today. I'm certainly that the heavenly host watched with most determined gaze as God began to single out and separate this planet that we're a part of. Why? Why out of all the places in the galaxies would he pick here? We'll never know. But out of eternity, he began his passion and purpose on this planet. In Genesis chapter 1 and 3, God began to move his spirit, settled on this world, and 
And then his voice spoke, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. It was the first time that time was marked. It was the first time the division between darkness and light occurred. It was the first time that the angelic realm saw saw the power of light over darkness. That if light was released, then darkness was diminished. When light was released, then darkness had to back up. When light was released, when God's word was declared, then something happened in the supernatural and something occurred in the natural. And I I just want to leave a little reminder this morning that when God's word begins to speak that still happens I don't know the darkness that may have been over your life when you came into the room but as God's word begins to go forth light can break forth along with it something happens in the supernatural in moments like that I'm asking for God to speak today would someone just echo that for for me would you just say God let your word speak let your word be heard in this room this morning I'm sure that The angelic realm was still confused on this first day. The element of time being inserted into the norm of eternity. All of a sudden, there was an evening and there was a morning. There had never been that before. There was a mark of beginning and a mark of ending. They had ever only known God's eternal being but now there was something that marked time it was confusing to them to say the least it was uncertainty it was unsurety but as God continued in this realm of time and as he continued in this this season of day to day evening and morning being the first day that that he continued on the days began to be marked one day two days the earth was still form and was void but into the midst of the void, God spoke form into the firmament. He, he, into the midst of this formlessness, God speaks a firmament into the midst of the waters. And he said, let it divide the waters from the waters. And, the, and God made the firmament. He divided the waters which were uh, under, the, under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God ca- called the firmament heaven. Now, we understand God abides in the heavens. He lives in the heavens. That's, that's our understanding that he's above and we're beneath. But God allowed this distinction to occur on the second day that there was a division and understanding that we're here and he's there. That God is above us. He, he sees what's happening. He's in control of it all. But, but as this day continues, there's not a lot given to us about the second day other than that. But God was planning and God was preparing He's that God of order, and everything that he does, he has a purpose behind the activity. Every hand, every movement of his hand has a defined purpose. There's a divine appointment. There's a divine reason. There's a divine season. If we could just understand that God's in control. He has a reason behind the season that we're in. And and in the same way, in the first two days, he was defining if there was no heaven and no earth, then nothing could have ever grown. If the waters weren't separated and the ground brought forth, then nothing could ever grow. But it tells us that in the third day, something specific happened. This eternal being, these eternal beings that accompanied God, this angelic realm watched as he began to speak to what he had created. I don't know if you can hear his voice here this morning. But God's still speaking to the ones he's created. Someone say he's talking to me. Not me. God's talking to you this morning. 
God's word's being declared this morning. God's speaking in this room, and God has a purpose to call something out of you. God has a purpose to grow something out of you. You you weren't meant just to live and go through life without purpose or reason, but there's something resident on the inside of you that may yet be unseen, but God's preparing to call it forth. God's preparing to declare it, and when he declares, something's going to happen in your spirit. Life is about to come forth out of the midst of darkness, out of the midst of separation, in the midst of all of that lifelessness God's about to bring life forth he said let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so and God called the dry land earth and we see that on this third day there was a gathering together of the waters he called it sea and God saw that it was good but listen and then God said let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. God began to call something forth. Until now, he had just created. Until now, he had just he had begun it with the power of his word. His spoken word brought things into existence. But now, out of that existence, God was calling something forth. It was unseen to everyone around him. It was unseen to every angel that was observing what was happening. It was unknown until that moment. But in the midst of that darkness and in the midst of all that dirt, God knew that something was residing on the inside. And he was saying, in the midst of all of that, I'm going to call it forth and watch what begins to happen. And he said, let the earth bring forth grass. And all of a sudden, out of that brown dirt came green sprouts. And it came up through the soil. I'm grateful today that I know a God that sees beneath the surface. You can come in and say, you don't like the surface. You won't like what you see today. You won't like what you find to know about me. And you may absolutely be right. But here's what else I know. God can call something forth out of what seems so rotten and seems so filthy and seems so impossible. There's a word that comes from God and out of that firmament, out of that formlessness, out of that impossibility all of a sudden something springs forth, life comes out. I get a little amen this morning because there's a few people in the room that know what it was like before. God's word came and called something forth out of their life. They know what it was like to be lost in the darkness. They know what it was like to be just formlessness and void and hopeless but all of a sudden the word of God came and out of the dirt out came a sprout a life out of the dirt up came some life out of that impossibility out came life and its seed was in itself it has the power to reproduce life is right there I hear it, I hear it. It's just two words, but it's powerful words. Come forth, come forth out of impossibility. Come forth out of sin. Come forth, come on somebody. Would you come forth this morning? Come forth, come forth occurred on the third day. Come forth brought the earth to itself. Come forth, release the potential that was locked up on the inside. The call to come forth saw the impossibility become possibility. The come forth of God is still that powerful today. The power of creation was released on the third day. 
The third day is more than a series of just 24 hours. It's more than a space on the calendar that simply marks time. It's more than a season or a period. It's an important picture of a principle that's established in Scripture. We want to take the next few weeks and look at the third day. We're just introducing it this morning. It was the third day that signals a transition from death to life. You see, we know it in humanity. We know life to death. But the third day releases the promise about death to life. It was the third day that signaled that transition. It was the the third day that triggered a transformation. The third day is ripe with the fruit of promise. The seed that's in itself is released on the third day. The the power to to reproduce, the power to bring forth life, the, the power of multiplication where it's not just addition, it's not just one tree to another tree, it's not just... Addition, it's multiplication, it's a tree. And when when it brings forth its fruit, the seed that's in it is a multiplied factor of the thing that began it. God is saying that in the third day, what begins small can end great. Don't despise the day of small beginnings because it might just be one tree. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree. God just needs one man and God just needs one tree that's locked in, that's buried deep, that's getting ready to grow but by the time that that tree begins to bring forth fruit, he shall bring forth his fruit in his season and whatsoever he doeth, what is it? Shall prosper. God's saying that if he just has one tree, if God just has one man, if God just has one woman, that out of that one tree, there's going to be a multiplied factor of promise. There's going to be a multiplied factor of fruit. There's going to be a multiplied factor. It just starts with one tree, but before long, it's an orchard. It just starts with one tree, but all of a sudden, it's fruit for the masses. All of a sudden, hundreds and thousands of people I'm talking about what God can do with one seed. And God said that promise is released in the third day. I know. I know summer's ending. We were down in St. John for the district conference yesterday, business meeting, and uh, some of the guys took a van, I took my own van to go down and see my folks and had lunch with them yesterday afternoon, came back yesterday, yesterday afternoon, late afternoon, and um, when I'm driving with Kathy, it's the highway, it's just, Passing lane. It's so, I, I hate the highway. I hate the highway. I was by myself yesterday. Yep. I took the low way. I took the back road. I, uh, as a matter of fact, right from St. John on, I got off and West side, and I went through Westfield. I drove along the water, and usually at the end of Westfield, 
You get onto the highway and you come up. No, I took the back road up to town of Gagetown. Drove along the bay, and river, came up the river. And all the way along, you could see that this is, we're coming into the season where fruit is being yielded. All the apple trees are, I don't know how, I don't know what they're growing with. They've got to be watered by some mechanical means because I can't imagine that they're growing with the rain that we had this year. But all along the, the roadway coming up through that area, you see little fruit stands on the side of the road and corn and apples are for sale. And it's that time of year, the, the trees yielding its fruit. It's that promise that was spoken in the third day becoming a reality right here and right now. It's that one seed that some farmer planted, or maybe it wasn't even a farmer. might have been a squirrel or something that just kind of left a seed somewhere, and, and now there's a tree there. And that one seed has turned into bushels of fruit, and people are paying good money for that fruit. Thank you, Hammy. Squirrel. It's that promise. It's that promise. But it isn't just relegated to the natural realm. It's a promise that's released in the supernatural realm. And if you can be sure that God brought all of that into play for our well-being in the natural, then God brought another element into play for the supernatural. You see, the third day is more than a series of 24 hours. It's a signal of what God's going to do in the end time. And you'll find it through scripture. You may have overlooked it previous. Now we know, we know that Christ rose on the third day. We got that one down. We're, we're apostolics. It's the core part of the doctrine that we preach. But if you'll think back through and probably as I begin to mention it, you'll begin to say, oh yeah. It was the third day that Abraham offered Isaac to the Lord. But God made provision on the third day. It was the third day that Joshua crossed over the Jordan River. It was the third day that Hezekiah's years after he prayed were added unto him. It was on the third day, the scripture says, that the water was turned into wine at the marriage feast in Cain of Galilee. It was the third day that Jonah came out of the belly of the whale and went with power to preach in Nineveh. And it was the third day that Jesus came out of the tomb with resurrection power. It was Jesus that said, destroy this temple and in three days I will build it up. He was reaching back into the past, the destruction of sin against the backdrop of eternal life. He was speaking about what sin had accomplished, but that he was able to resurrect whatever was lifeless. Destroy it, but in three days I'll raise it up. You say, well, how does that parallel where we are this morning? He was declaring the future. He was declaring, yes, the near future, that his death would mark the first day. His burial would define the second day, and resurrection power would be released on the third day. The tomb would be empty. The stone would be rolled away. It would happen. That's his promise. And that's the premise that we base our doctrine on. It's death. It's repentance. It's burial. It's baptism. 
and spirit and filling. It's resurrection power. If this same spirit dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. But we also have to understand that we can't get to the third day unless we first go through the first and the second day. It's a requirement. It's a necessity. We need repentance and we need baptism. But in the scope of humanity, we have been through two days. It's the old impulsive apostle Peter that said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. He, he was declaring it to that church of that day, but beyond. He said, Beloved, it's, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So yes, he was saying, don't get caught up in trying to scale God into our calendar and scale God into our time frames. Don't, don't, don't give God your to-do list. He works on a different level and a different scope. But I think that it would be fair to say that Peter was also saying, in principle of Scripture, there is such a thing as a thousand days with the Lord is as one day, and one day is as a thousand years. Sorry, a thousand years is as one day, and one day as a thousand years. And so if we took that, we would basically have 2,000 years of church history by now. We have lived through 2,000 years. We have lived through two days. And if you'll journey with me on that idea that we can see that death happened in the first day, the church that was alive and vibrant, the, the church that brought us the New Testament, the, the church that had the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, all the apostles preaching, uh, that church, whatever. And now we know there's a, uh, an apostolic thread that has run all the way down through history till now because that's how we connect ourselves. It's a scarlet cord that connects us back to the promise that God had gave us in Acts 2. But we also can realize that that one day, that previous thousand years, we could see that something happened in the church. There was a loss, a death. The vibrant New Testament church became entombed in stone cathedrals. Form and fashion took over true passion. The end of that day brought death to the church at large. God intended for revival to sweep the entire world. God empowered the disciples with enough to save the whosoever will. But somehow they lost their mark and they lost their way and they lost the life that God intended for them to have. And so that was two years, but you can see that in the end of the second day that God began to stir something in the church. And Hosea, I think, spoke about it and prophesied that it would be. He said, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. And then he said, Now read it with me. After two days, he will revive us, and in the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. We have a promise that now that we have lived out the 2,000 years of the two days, that God said in that third day, I'm bringing a revolution. 
I'm bringing about revival. I'm bringing about a promise. Here's something that you can hang on to in the 2,000 years where everything seems like it's been lost. He said, let me just give you a little word to keep you going. He said, I will bind you up, and after two days, I will revive you. And in the third day, I will raise you up, and you are going to live in his sight. Church, we have that promise today. When everything seems like it's uncertain, when everything seems like it's mixed up and messed up, that God has already told us that we have this promise that in this day, there is a revival that God has prepared for a church that's ready. Now, it comes along with some responsibility. There's some things that we've got to do. But we know that at the end of, ro uh, end of the road of whatever God has called us to do, there's a revival there. Is there any, any revival seekers with us this morning is anybody just said I I, I kind of I can see where you're heading Pastor Jack and and I want to walk that journey along with you I gotta I've got a hunger because I tell you what God's not finished yet if you think that you've seen it all buckle your seat belts because God has promised and Hosea declared it it's yet to happen there is a reviving that's coming there's a hope that's released there's a promise that's about coming come on it's coming down your dusty road of impossibility there's a revival fire that's beginning to break out it's tinder dry and God's saying I'm getting ready to release revival fire pastor Mike it's gonna happen in Oromocto I'm saying just get ready CCC it's gonna happen in Fredericton just get ready come on come on Atlantic District it's gonna happen in our district you may as well get ready but here's what I don't want to be I don't want to be on the sideline pastor I don't want to be over just on the bench watching what God's doing I want to be in the middle of it all I want to be a part of the revival that God has in this day, in this season, in this here, in this now, in this third day. I want to be a third day apostolic Pentecostal. You can come to the music. just let that come up that's the fire I'm talking about right there it's it's just embers and and sometimes we feel like well if I just let this break out nobody's gonna understand I, I just I just challenge you release what you sense on the inside right now because God is wanting that to break forth God's calling it right now and what you think is uh, I've got to hold this back because what I'm feeling if I let it out someone's gonna get a little surprise what I'm feeling if I let it out somebody near me is gonna get a shock if I feel what I let out what I'm feeling then somebody around me is gonna look a little sideways at me they're not gonna under I just wish you let it out because God is calling it to come forth calling it to come forth hell can't stop it if God's calling it to come forth the devil can't hold it back if hell is, come on if God is calling it to come forth you've got to release it it's that life it's that life come on come on come 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 and let us return I, 
I don't know what's in the way, but let us return. You know what that tells me? Returning mean it was the place of origin. It was the place of intention. I don't know how you got off track. I don't know how you got out of the way. I don't know how you got misplaced or displaced. I don't know why you are where you are, but here's what I do know. God's call is coming to you this morning to come and return your rightful place the place you're supposed to be is at his side it's nearer to that call we sang about it just a few moments ago come on let's go ccc Come on, just let that flow. Just let, just let it flow. Come on, let's stand together, but don't let it stop there. Just keep ascending. Let your praise ascend. Let your, come on, let your prayer ascend. God, stir it up in this place this morning. Come on, exercise your right. Exercise your right to return. Exercise your right to come back. Exercise your right to repent. Exercise your right to pray. Exercise your right to praise. Exercise your right. That's a third day right. You may as well step into it. Say, it's mine. It's mine. I refuse the lie. I refuse. Come on. I refuse. Come on. That lie that the enemy would speak right now. I'm hearing the call to come. I'm coming, Lord. Let us return. Come on, let's return. We've been there before, but let's return. A place of power. It's a place of life. It's a place that God is calling us to return to. It's the lame man waiting at Gate Beautiful. He's outside the temple, but this time, it's not earthly wealth that's going to satisfy. It's something on the inside of an apostolic third-day generation church. It's that, come on, it's that church that's going to call him to come up. It's that church that's going to say, no silver and gold, don't have it, such as I have. I'm giving it to you. It's that call to come that's going to rise and let people walk away from the crippled state that they're in into the promise running and leaping into the temple that happens that happens in this day when we return it's a return to worship with worship like alabaster box it's a return to worship that at midnight paul and silas praise the lord it's it's a return it's a return to that come let us let us return it's a return to prayer it's a return to to that waiting and and preaching it's a, it's a return it's a return to Eutychus falling out of the window that's not in my notes don't know where that came from it may be a return when preaching lasts a little longer than 12.05 p.m. on Sunday. It might just be a little return to that because sometimes we've got to do something more to get back to the place. We've got to exercise our right to return. To return. 
wonder if anybody's ready to come back to that. It's not just for the backslider this morning. Before, before you feel like we're only preaching to a few that, that are here that, that walked away and now they're... No, no, it's to the whole body of believers gathered this morning. It's to all of us to come and return because on that third day, on the third day, it begins with prayer. It was Hezekiah's prayers on the third day that brought the promise from the Lord and the prophet turned around and came back. It's the third day that the water was turned into wine. But Mary had to call him first. He said, woman, mine hour is not yet come. You know right now is not the right time. And even though it's out of the right time with the right call, God will come. God will show up if we're just hungry enough and say, God, manifest your power. God, manifest your presence. God, manifest, manifest your glory in this place. It was that third day that Jonah came out of the belly of the whale. I'd pray too, Jonah. But he came out and landed on that seashore with an intention that no matter what it took, he was going to go to Nineveh and preach to the masses that needed what he had. But it happened by prayer on the third day. It's a new season, CCC. It's a new day. It's the third day. But it's the third day that God said, I'm going to revive you. It's the third day that God said, come on, I'll, I'll bind you up. You say, I'm so broken right now, Pastor Jack. You just don't know. I don't know. But here's what I do know. God does know. And God said, no matter how many pieces, I'll pick them up. No matter, no matter how, how many fragments, I'm gathering it all back together. No matter how many elements are displaced. No matter how much hurt you've got on the inside. God said, uh-uh, binding it up. Come on, no. No observers this morning. Someone, would you just say, that's me? I need God to bind me up. Come on, no. Any, anybody, anybody ready to participate in what God is doing right now? Come on. I have one more verse I was going to go to, but I'll save it for another week. We're right here, right now. Someone, someone just hear that call. Come on, let's go. Right where you are, we don't need to come this morning. That call is reaching into every pew. That call is reaching into every corner right now. That call is here in this room, but, but respond to that call. That, raise that screen, guys. We'll get ready to sing. But would you just let your voice out for a moment, that cry, that prayer. Come on. Come on, every heart, every life, every call, everyone.
in the Holy Ghost for a moment because sometimes we don't know what to pray but the Spirit prays because it knows He knows the directive He knows where we need to go this morning that's why it's not only right to pray in tongues but it's necessary that we pray in tongues would someone just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment God, would you bring that healing balm of Gilead? Would you move in this room this morning? God, that ointment of anointing. God, it's about separation, but it's about healing. Bind up the brokenhearted. Bind up. God, bind up in this room. Bind up the impossibility until it's a seed of potential. God, bind it up. The word of the Lord would say to somebody this morning that except the seed fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. That's a word from God for somebody right now. It's not in my notes. God just quickened it to my heart. I know it goes along with the message, but I'm not smart enough to figure that out on my own. That's a word from God. Would someone receive it right now? Your brokenness is because God is releasing something. The pain of your past is because God is releasing something. Come on, that season of burial is because God is releasing something. Being buried in your circumstances and being buried in your hurt, it's because God couldn't release what was on the inside if you didn't abide alone. Give God thanks for the word that he has given to us today. Would you give him praise? Come on, much fruit is right there on the horizon. Much fruit, growth, life, it's right there. 